0: From the Financial Times in London, I'm Ravi Matu, and this is FT News. It's been another busy few days at Uber. On Tuesday, the ride-hailing company revealed that it had fired 20 employees following an investigation into claims of sexual harassment. This comes just days ahead of the release of a second report led by the former U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder into the company's workplace culture. Joining me to discuss the latest events at the world's most highly valued startup is Leslie Hook, the FT's San Francisco correspondent who covers the company. Leslie, welcome to London. Hi, Ravi. Great to be here. So bring us up to speed. Exactly what did this report this week reveal about what's going on at the company?
1: Well... This all began in February when a an engineer who used to work for Uber named Susan Fowler went public with a blog post that detailed several instances of sexual harassment and sexism at Uber that she documented and reported to HR and uh, were basically ignored. Not only were they ignored, she was also told that she had to sort of, you know, transfer to a different team if she didn't want to deal with this. And when she wrote that post, it just struck a nerve with so many people inside Uber and across the valley. And Uber came out and said, look, this is unacceptable. And we are going to hire an outside law firm to get to the bottom of what's going on in our workplace, what's going on in our culture. We know we have issues with sexism, with lack of diversity. And so Uber said it was going to come clean, investigate and then release the results. So what we saw on Tuesday was what could be for uber you know probably one of the lowest of the low points they're trying to get all the skeletons out of the closet now uh, with the idea of you know convincing the world that they can turn over a new leaf so the report this week looked at these 215 cases in 20 of them they determined that these people needed to be fired in 30 of them they said these people need training in seven of them they issued final warnings to the employees in in question and there's still 57 of those cases that are under review So this is actually not really finished yet. There could be more people that leave as a result of this investigation.
0: This went viral, this case around Silicon Valley in the tech world and beyond. And it's worth noting that 20 employees being fired sounds like a small number, but actually for a company of Uber's size in terms of employee numbers, it's a massive deal, isn't it?
1: And it's also unprecedented to see a company, I mean, I I can't think of any, where this has happened before, where they've said, okay, we know we have a problem, we're going to investigate, and then they fire 20 employees just right off the bat as a result. And I think it does indicate that there was a real problem there. And the question for Uber going forward is, can you really change the culture of a company when it's, you know, these things are built into the DNA of who's hired and how teams work? And, you know, Uber is not just a startup anymore. It's valued at $68 billion. They had over $6 billion in revenue last year. I mean, this is a big company. It's eight years old. This case and these reports is part of Uber trying to grow up, which is proving to be a very painful process. Now, this isn't
0: the first time that Uber's tried to transform. A few years ago, an advisor to Barack Obama called David Pluff went there and worked very closely with the CEO. What's the sense about how successful they might be. You talked about the cultural changes they might affect and the kind of institutional ones. What are they actually doing to affect those changes? And how confident do people and observers seem to be that Uber can make those changes successfully?
1: Well, one of the big changes that we're going to see is that Uber has a lot of vacant positions in its very top leadership. So right now they are hiring for a chief operating officer. They're hiring for a chief financial officer, hiring a chief marketing officer and a general counsel. And I could go on. There's been quite a leadership exodus because of a series of crises over the last couple months. And so the company is reconstituting its top ranks and trying to bring in leaders who are capable of managing a mature business. At some point, Uber is going to need to IPO and they're going to need to have the executives in place to handle that process. This has been an issue and we've taken action. So there is a new degree of honesty And then second, you know, we are going to see these new executives come on board. So there could be a mandate for them to kind of continue with this sort of spring cleaning exercise.
0: It's worth noting that they recently uh, fired Antony Lewandowski, who was head of their self-driving unit, hired with great uh, fanfare from Google, and has been the subject of a a case between Google's self-driving car unit and Uber over trade secrets. So again, it's the latest case of a lot of, as you say, leadership exodus.
1: Okay, well, if you look at the direct reports to Chief Executive Travis Kalanick, six of his direct reports have left since the beginning of the year. So there has been a big exodus. Anthony Lewandowski was one of those direct reports, but there's others.
0: Also this week, uh, in that leadership challenge, there's been a few changes where the company has actually brought on a leadership and organizational behavior expert from Harvard Business School to try to manage that transition from being a fast-growing startup to a much bigger company. Tell us about that person who you spoke to and also give us a sense of what she hopes to implement at the company to try to enable it to become a bit more mature.
1: That's right. Well, Uber has hired Frances Fry as their new Senior Vice President of Leadership and Strategy, which is a new role at Uber. Her job is to make sure that the leaders of Uber work together. And when I spoke with her yesterday, she said that this is not something that's been happening at Uber, that the leadership at Uber was not used to functioning as a team, that in fact, leaders were sort of more individual, you know, focused on their individual efforts. And so, They have made, uh, you know, they've brought her on board and uh, she has a mandate to think at a strategic level about fixing Uber's leadership problem. Uber is, you know, they're in the middle of this really, really negative publicity cycle. And, you know, some of the things they've done that have come to light have, I think, shocked the world. And so Uber is keen on trying to combat this negative image with a string of new hires. And they will continue to be really trying to prove that they are capable of turning over a new leaf.
0: At the same time, the rivalry seems to be hotting up. Companies like Lyft in the U.S., but also Didi in China. Is there any sense that its rivals see an opportunity here?
1: To some degree, yes. Yes. Uber's chief U.S. rival, Lyft, just finished fundraising this spring at a $6.9 billion valuation. That valuation is still just sort of roughly a tenth of Uber's valuation. Uber still has plenty of money in the bank, around $7 billion in cash, according to what I know, but they're also losing money incredibly quickly. Last year, they lost almost $3 billion, and that's before interest tax depreciation and not counting stock grants. And that also excludes their losses in China. So they are bleeding cash. And ride hailing to date has always been a fundraising war. One thing that could tip the scales slightly against Uber in that arena is the entrance of the SoftBank vision fund, a $100 billion fund that one of its focuses is going to be transportation and ride hailing. SoftBank has always has long been an investor in various Uber rivals from Ola in India to Lyft in the US and Didi in China. So as SoftBank starts to deploy more and more resources into this area, it will be providing you know, more fuel for Uber's competitors around the world.
0: Let's pitch it forward a little bit as much as we can. In In the coming weeks, we expect the second report you talked about uh, that was led by Eric Holder, the former U.S. Attorney General, into workplace culture to come out. What are the things that we should be looking for when that's released?
1: Well, I think a key thing to look for is, will there be heads that roll at Uber? We have these 20 nameless employees who've been fired, but we don't really know what for. So will there be change as a result of that report? The other thing to look for is sort of who Uber is bringing on to lead this change. And they might make some of those announcements simultaneously, Um, certainly be in their interest to do so, to say, well, here's this report on what we've been doing wrong, and here's who we have hired to fix it. So uh, I think watching for those key hires is going to be really interesting in the next couple of weeks.
0: Lots and lots to talk about, and I'm sure we'll have you on the line again. Leslie, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Randy.
1: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.